Welcome to Simple Theology, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life by examining various doctrines of the Christian faith. I'm Robert Kane, And I'm Rick Gromlich. With warm feet. Yes. Thank you, Rob. Yes. We are back in the basement, and Rick has a nice set of slippers on. They're like really big, but they keep my feet warm, so I'm happy. That's what's important. The cool thing was, Rob said, hey, I have slippers for you. And then he's like, they're here somewhere. He's like, go look for them. Just go look for them. Find yep. them. I said, go get them. So, you know, he didn't. Is it like a, a host who wants to, like, accommodate? He's like, hey, they're here. And I look all over the house. I went everywhere but his bedroom. And actually, I'm like, I just wander around the dude's bedroom. Couldn't find him anywhere. Rob goes and finds him in his bedroom. In so, the closet, baby. I'm, I'm grateful, though. I really am. Yeah, I'm glad that you have warm feet and that the complaining will be kept to a minimum today. Well, I don't know about that. I'll find something else to complain about. <laughs> I'm sure you will. What's new, Rob? Not much, man. Just uh, back in the saddle, and it's been a good week. We got some. We got a ton of snow the other day. Two thousand pounds. Yeah, like woke up. I I that thought we were cool. gonna get like an inch, yeah. and what was it? it was like, Ca- came out the next day, and it was like probably five to six inches. At least where we were. I don't know about you guys, yeah, but it, it literally took me an hour and fifteen minutes to get to work, and then two of the people who were supposed to come in couldn't get out of their house, so they just had to call off. Yeah. No, we didn't get that much, I don't think. Um, we're a little north, but we got probably four inches. So well, it's not that different. Well, like you say six that's a half a foot of half foot snow, that's a lot of snow. I mean, in some places, some areas. Anyway, point being I just here's look, here's my point. I just look out on my grill and see the accumulation and it was about six inches. Well that's because it had snowed before and it never melted. No. Nope. Yeah, it did. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think okay, you're wrong. Okay, whatever. <laughs> um, anyway, what's cool about that, we're getting into the weather. Well, I don't know why we're talking about weather, but the cool thing is... Because we have nothing else to talk about. It's that awkward conversation. About, hey, it works. People love talking about weather, That's especially right. around here. Um, when the weather forecast, dude, like they make all this hype about stuff, and then it's nothing, right? Dude, that's the worst. That happened a couple right? weeks ago. I know. I know, the ice storm. Um, and then they don't say anything about, about it. Like, oh, we'll, we'll get some snow. And then you get a ton of snow. Yeah. That's the best. Throws up They're probably playing it conservative. No, yeah. we told everybody it's going to be a blizzard. You're not going to believe eight to 12 us inches. We got like three or four. Yeah. Now hey. they're like, you know what? Four to six inches is projected, but we're going to tell them one. Good point. Undersell, over deliver. <laughs> is, that, is that your motto? <laughs> <laughs> it's the weatherman's motto after that huge mess up a couple weeks ago. Yeah, but the, here's the thing about the weather guy. They're, they're, they get it going or coming. Like, whether they <laughs> 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 what? No, like <laughs> I don't know how to recover from that. <laughs> Let's uh <laughs> Exactly, exactly how I'd describe my weatherman. <laughs> okay. Okay, we're going to You know, the thing was, I was going to say something else. I'm like, no, that, that sounds like a little harsh or crass. So, the- <laughs> oh my gosh. Let's keep it peachy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rick. I think I started using that term before I ever really knew what it meant. And it just never hasn't clicked over in my mind. Anyway, they're gonna catch um, crap whether they, you know, whether they say this or that. Everyone's against the weatherman. That's true. All right, let's just wrap this episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. This is actually not a super like topic. At this all. is a weighty topic. Oh my. 
So we're starting off. I feel like I need to blow my nose after that. There's there's tissues over there. Whew. All right, I'm going to say, <clears throat> Rob, what are we talking about today? <laughs> Rick, we are talking about abortion in mm. the Imago Day. The Imago Day. Is it day or day E? So I, I actually looked up because Al Mohler, I've heard talk it talk about it, and he says day E. Yeah. And nearly everyone else that I hear talk about it says day. So I thought, oh, maybe, I mean, it's a Latin term. Right. So I don't I don't know Latin terribly well, if at all. <laughs> I took I took two years of yeah, it in high see? school. Yeah. But I still don't know it. Um, so I didn't know how to pronounce it. But before the episode, I just looked up a little thing, a couple of websites as to how to pronounce it. And they both said day. Okay. So that's how I'm saying it right now. Gotcha. Okay. But if you say day E, we understand. So, and, and what's that mean? Al Mohler is way smarter than, than us. So Yeah, that's true. Um, but the Imago Dei, or the Imago Dei, is the, a Latin term for the image of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get the term deity from that Latin term day, and then image, Neville. I'm gonna be so frustrated. Vicky's making noise, um, but we get the the obviously the term image from imago, and so the imago day is the image of God. Yeah, that's good. So we're talking about abortion. Um, like, why why are we jumping into this topic? The weighty topic that it is, um, <clears throat> primarily because of what's happened just in the last couple of weeks. So, for instance, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo passed a bill allowing, and he called it the reproductive health care or reproductive health act or something like that um, but essentially it allowed uh third term third term late third trimester term, yeah third trimester abortion abortions to take place um all the way up to the moment of birth in some instances so um we should know this but the third trimester we should know this because we just had kids our wives just had kids third, third trimester starts after how many weeks oh i don't know it's like 13 and then 25 or 26 each one's like 12 to 13 weeks. And it begins in week 28. Okay, there you go. So 28. And then it goes like around 40, depending on when you get birth. So, yeah. Okay, so late Just term. Just a little context, yeah. But yeah, they passed the bill, and, and the entire chamber, when it was passed, cheered. I mean, it was it was like their their team had just won the Super Bowl, which I hope is how St. Louis fans are going to be reacting when they beat the Patriots this weekend. So if that ends up happening, then fantastic. Rick's away from his mic, blowing his nose. But if that ends up happening, then Saint, or Rams There's fans, no that's for you. in St. Louis. Oh, you're right. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> L.A. Gosh. Yeah, some kind of Rams fan you are. Uh, I'm not a Rams fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of any team that plays you, you against know, the You Patriots. know why I want the Patriots to win? For this reason because of and history. this reason only. Because of history, yeah, you no. do like watching these dynasties take place, which yeah, as, as of no, no, the, the bigger reason is that I'm tired of Steeler fans like you saying, "Oh, we got six rings now." The Patriots will have six too, so six as well. So you're, it's a good point. Yeah, the organization has as many, but no. the Patriots have been to more Super Bowls than anyone else now. Not for long. Yeah. All right. Anyway, keep going. Patriots I don't probably mean to will jump win. In there. Um, yeah, the chamber <laughs> anyway, went yeah, nuts. They, they went nuts, which is like makes you want to puke. Yeah, because they're they're cheering death. Death of the vulnerable. But then then just recently, Democratic Delegate Kathy Tran in Virginia proposed a bill that would allow abortions up to the moment of birth. And then the Virginia governor tried to defend her and tried to clarify a little bit what she was trying to say. But but he the way he did it was by nearly it seemed in by endorsing infanticide, the killing of babies, like living babies, not just not babies in, in the womb that that are living, I should clarify that, but babies that have already been born. Like it the way he said it sounded like he would be okay with that in some instances, and people freaked out. They were like, "You, 
you realize what you just said. And then he had to come out and clarify, like, that's not what he meant, which he had to do because otherwise it'd be political suicide. And he said, you guys took me out of context and all that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to play the clip. And it's, what is it? It's like two minutes long. So you can hear him talk about what would take place. And it, it sounds as if like the conversation between the woman and the doctor after the baby's born is whether or not to keep the baby alive. He says it's not, which will give him the benefit of the doubt, but it is very, very close, and it's very, very scary to hear that. So let's go ahead and play this clip. There's no exception. There was a very contentious committee hearing yesterday when Fairfax County Delegate Kathy Tran made her case for lifting restrictions on third trimester abortions as well as other restrictions now in place. And she was pressed by a Republican delegate about whether her bill would permit an abortion, even as a woman is essentially dilating, ready to give birth. And she answered that it would permit an abortion at that stage of labor. Do you support her measure and, and explain her answer. Yeah, and I'm, you know, I wasn't there, uh, Julie, and I, I certainly can't speak for uh, Delegate Tran, but um, I would tell you, one, uh, first thing I would say, is this is why decisions such as this should be made by providers, uh, physicians, uh, and uh, the uh, mothers uh, and fathers that, that are involved. Um, there are, you know, when we talk about third trimester uh, abortions, these are done uh, with the consent uh, of obviously the, the mother, with the consent uh, of the physicians, more than one physician, by the way. Um, and it's done in cases where there may be severe deformities, there may be a, a, a fetus that's non-viable. So in this particular example, uh, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly uh, what would happen. Um, the infant would be delivered. Uh, the infant would be kept comfortable. Uh, the infant would be resuscitated if, if that's what the uh, mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. So, so I think this was really blown out of proportion. Uh, but again, we want the government not to be involved in these types of decisions. We want the decision to be made by uh, the, the mothers and their providers. And, and this is... Okay, so that's... <clears throat> that's, that's ridiculous. It's... It's so frustrating to hear. <laughs> it sounds like he's like, when he talks about like how it all play out, like they're going into a bank to open a bank account or something. Yeah. Like we'll make you comfortable and then you sit there, we'll sit here, we'll have a little chat about what you want and then we'll move from there. Yeah. And, and like here's the, here's the freaky part is that he said that, that what they were talking about, those very late term abortions or whether or not he meant it, the putting, putting to death a child that has already been born. He said that that would take place when there are severe deformities or the fetus may be non-viable. Yeah. Okay. What constitutes a severe deformity? Right. Like who gets to say? Like, do, are you considering a child that, that has Down syndrome a severe deformity? Yeah. It's up to, it's up, like, and be this is what they, they punt it by saying we need medical experts to speak to that. But the medical experts are really never the ones who write the laws on this or, or um, they just carry it out. Yeah, and we've got some quotes here from some medical experts, but we're, that's later on in the episode. But, but then again, he says a fetus that's non-viable. What? What? How do you define non-viable? Yeah. Like it can't survive on its own. That's every baby, right? That gets born. Like it, if there is a baby with a non-viable situation, right? That's every single. Then, one. then my hope is not that you're going to say like, well, should we should we keep it alive or should we not? My hope is that you as the as the medical professional, are going to do everything that you can 
right. for what's in the best health and the best interest of that human being that's on your table that is trying to survive. Yeah. If there's a conversation happening, like, do we want to kill this baby or do we want to keep it alive? Like, that's scary to me. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, <clears throat> again, he came out, Governor, Governor Nordham, and, and denied that that's what he meant. And, and like, like we said earlier, he had to do that because it freaked everybody out what he said. And for, for someone to blatantly come out on, on the left and say, like, we support this, it, would, it seems like they're supporting infanticide, which even though that's the direction that it may be going, that is not something that anyone wants to, wants to embrace at this point or at least openly. Yeah, it's well. The, <clears throat> side note: This governor's taking a lot of flack because he's also in like this racist yearbook picture from from years ago that he's apologized for. But he's also said, "I'm not stepping down." And he's just got a lot going on. But this is the context. This is what we're talking about. This is because the this ruling in New York, and it's peeling back layers throughout the country and our culture. Who, it's just it's just disgusting and it's pure evil. Um, and it's really sad. Yeah, yeah. But then another thing that he that he said is that even with with the baby already being born, he said that it would it would be in the case where a fetus is non viable, and so the 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 discussion has been before it's born from the left. They say before it's born, it's a fetus. After right. it's born, it's a baby. But now the argument is, even after it's born, he's calling it a fetus to determine whether or not so. The, right, it's dehumanizing. Exactly, it. it's yeah. saying if it's not wanted, it's a fetus. Yeah, exactly. If, it, if it's wanted, it's a baby. If it's not wanted, it's a fetus. So, so people fight the whole slippery slope argument about all kinds of things, but nothing has proven it to be more true than the argument with abortion. That if you take a step here, you're going to take the next step. If you and it's like, no, no, that's a slippery slope. We'll never, we'll never do that. Well, now we're talking about having a living human being on the table. And having a discussion about do we want to ki- help it live or do we want to kill it? Yeah. And and we live in a culture where these people are are paid by the population for to do this, right? And like no other part of our society are we so um, what's the word? Like we're just flipping. Well, well, even like just just lie. Like no, everyone knows what we're talking about when we say there's a fetus on the table and if it's a viable like. We wouldn't go into, a, I don't know, a, a car dealership and use this kind of logic. It's there's just no logic in here. Yeah. It it just it's like you just dump your brain and and everyone's talking out their butthole. <laughs> so that keeps the theme. You just keep throwing these yeah. terms out, Rick. <laughs> I mean, but seriously, like it, it's just <clears throat> yeah. the, there's there's absolutely no logic, and yeah. it, that would that kind of reasoning would would not take place in anywhere else in society. Yeah. Yeah, so the thing is, there's, like I said, there's, there's there's no reason, there's no logic, right? And once you begin to bring reason and logic into this, people, like, flip out and just start calling you names. And then we see this in other areas, but it's like, once you start using logic, people don't like it, they start just calling you names and calling you a bigot and all that stuff. But there are some things uh, <clears throat> that differentiate between a fully, a fully formed adult and one that is still a human, that's an adult, and human... At the moment of conception, and those things are food, water, oxygen, and time. Yeah. And right. Yeah. I mean, literally at the at the moment of conception. Yeah. The only difference between that little embryo yeah. and you, Rick, today. Food, water, oxygen, and time. Yeah. Well, and and that might sound like it's oversimplifying it, so to speak, 
but it's still the the value is the Imago Dei created. You know, even other cultures who don't have a Judeo-Christian worldview still hold that there's value in human life. Now, some do not, we right? Um, and even we've seen historically Western cultures who deny the value of humanity. Yeah. Um, something else, another argument that people use, and I like this is a great, I like this, I think it's a great way to defend um, the pro-life stance, and it's called the SLED argument, S-L-E-D. So Tell us what that is. SLED stands, S stands for size, so the your size does not define if you're a human or give you value. You know, if you weigh 10 pounds or, or 20 pounds, you weigh 500 pounds. We don't say you're more valuable or less valuable based on your size. Um, your level of development doesn't determine your worth or your value. We don't say, hey, this person, you know, he's a two-year-old and he can't completely go to the bathroom by himself, can't feed himself, you know, until he's 10 or 12 or 20, he's not a human. No, your, your level of development does not give you the definition of, of, a, of a human or not, right? Yeah, yeah it's good. <clears throat> and then also your environment. So your environment doesn't define your humanity. And this is the, the crucial one. It doesn't matter if you're in the womb or you're out of the womb. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what environment you're in. That doesn't define your humanity. Um, and then your dependability. So dependability, dependability and level of development sound similar, but we know people who will never be independent. They will never be independent throughout their life. But that doesn't mean they're not valuable or they're not human. They're just as valuable as any other fully developed person Yeah, who is relatively independent. But no one's fully independent. We are all dependent as humans, right? So <clears throat> that's the SLED argument. And people, you just, what so you give, do. Sorry, give us that one more time. SLED, size, level of development, environment, and dependability. Okay, we'll put that in the show notes. The, the thing about this is when you get into a conversation, I don't want to say debate because if you start debating people, they're, they're not listening to you anymore. Yeah. And I get that. Yeah. When you get into a conversation about abortion and you want to just weed through all the, the, the mess and get to the point of when does it become a human life? That's the question I ask them because they're saying it's not. So they need to defend it. When does it become a human life? Yeah. And if they say, well, it's after birth. Right? I said, what's the difference? Yeah. Is it the first trimester and the second trimester? Is it 21, you know, days when the heart starts to beat or organs start? Like, what is it? Yeah. <clears throat> well, Ben Shapiro made a similar argument. He said that, and <clears throat> look, when we say the left, we're not saying that <clears throat> everyone on the left is crazy or anything like that. I mean, I I am more moderate than I used to be. Um, like, I, I, I didn't even vote for Donald Trump. And, and Rick, you did. Like, that's fine. Like, we and there are people that we look up to who actually voted for Hillary Clinton, and so like we're not we're not trying to get like all bipartisan here and have and pit Republicans against Democrats or anything yeah. like that. So when we read this quote from Ben Shapiro, um, we agree with it, but just understand that we're not trying to be like conservative talk show hosts or anything like that. But Ben Shapiro said the left views babies the same way slaveholders viewed black people. If they live in Georgia in the 1800s, then they're not a person; they're property. Borders do not determine personhood. Whether, it is, whether it's a state border or a flesh border, like a vaginal canal, it doesn't biologically change one's personhood. Yeah. So whether, I mean, it, during slave times, yeah. like if you lived in the South and you yep. were African-American, then you were viewed as property, not as a person. Yeah. But if you were in the North, then you're viewed as a person. Like that border. Kind, kind of. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but more so than you did in the South. Like, yeah. That border did not change anything about you biologically. That border between a baby and the world through the right. vaginal canal does not change what exactly. that thing is biologically. It's, it's still a baby. And Barnabas Piper, 
on the Happy Rant said something. He said that the same people who would cheer abortion would absolutely be outraged at the idea if if someone said, you know what, my dog who's pregnant doesn't want her puppies, right? So we're gonna abort her puppies. Yeah, they would or, freak out. Or we'll wait till they're born. And then do away with them. Yeah, they would say no. You got to give them a chance to at least be adopted and like have right. some kind of yeah. good home. Like give them a chance. Right. Which which speaks to the evilness of this. Yeah. So so that's where I kind of I should have said this back when we we kind of recapped the this the cultural issue we're talking about. The issue of abortion broadly is one of of great evil. And it's hard because there's so many conversations and so many people. I mean, we all. I'm sure no people who have had abortions. Yeah. Right. Probably all of us have family members mm-hmm. or somewhere. Yeah. Um, the thing is, we so that because it's close to home, we we temper our our stance on it. I had this conversation with with Candace the other day about this, where you hear people's arguments about this illness or this situation, and and you it just sounds like oh, poor parent. And I get that some people are are, are raped and they have no desire. And they have a human inside of them. And it's not even, it's part of theirs and part of someone who raped them. Yeah. And I can't imagine putting myself in that situation. Yeah. But all of that does not change the fact that there's a human life. And when you take that human life, you have then killed a human. Mm-hmm. By definition, making you a murderer. Yeah. So so we have a culture and we have people walking in the streets who have murdered babies. Mm-hmm. Right? We live with them. We do life with them. I mean, they're, they're everywhere. And not like it's a plague, it's just the reality. So it makes us callous, it makes us soft. But imagine saying, you know what? Um, all the twelve year olds, they're just there's a something there. If they, if they can't pass a certain exam, academic exam by the time they're twelve, kill them. Yeah, their personhood. They're not people. Right, exactly. Their and we do away with them. So we had people who just went around to schools and just shot all the kids who couldn't pass a test at twelve. Yeah. That blows people's minds. Oh, yeah. Completely. But, but then they can't grasp the other side. It's the same exact thing. Yeah. And it just... So anyway, it's an <clears throat> evil. It's, it's this massive evil that has just become so deep and so entrenched in our culture that people are numb to it. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about having some quotes from doctors. And, and understandably, there's I'm sure there's doctors on both sides, so we don't want to be naive to Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, but Dr. Lawrence K. Koning wrote that as an OBGYN physician for 31 years, there's no medical situation that requires aborting or killing the baby in the third trimester to save the mother's life. He said there's no situation where we have to do this to save the mother's life. He said just deliver the baby by C-section, and the baby has over 95% chance of survival with readily available NICU care even at 28 weeks. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's the, the beginning. beginning. Yeah, the first yeah. week of the third trimester, which we just learned. Uh, but that, that's the very first week of the third trimester. He said, yeah. even if it's born then, if you deliver it by C-section, the baby in a hospital that has a NICU has over a 95% yeah. chance of living. He said, C-section is quicker and safer than partial yeah. birth abortion for the mother. Yeah. Like if we're talking about women's health. Yep. And we're two dudes on here yeah. talking about women's health. Like, we've already lost a bunch but, of credibility. But it's so. also, it's more than just women's health. Well, no, I, that's what I'm saying. But the left calls it women's, right. he- women's health. And so if you want to take that argument, right. yes. yeah. like, it is it is yep. healthier for the woman to have a C-section, and it's quicker, it's safer than if it was a partial birth partial birth abortion. Yeah. So there's a couple more quotes from doctors, um, Dr. Omar 
Hamadi and Dr. David uh, McKnight, and they both kind of say the same thing. I'm going to read Dr. McKnight's quote. It says, as a board-certified practicing OBGYN for over 30 years, I need to say publicly and unequivocally that there is never a medical reason to kill a baby at term. When complications of pregnancy endanger a mother's life, we sometimes must deliver the baby early, but it is always with intent, the intent of doing whatever we can to do whatever we can we can to do it safely for the baby as well the decision to kill an unborn baby at term is purely for convenience it is murder god help us hmm. so this and, and you're right there's always doctors on both sides so so you hear a little bit of the doctors kind of their heart but the the quote you read by the first doctor that tweet is a lot of it is medical fact yeah. Right. That it's safer to to live the baby. It's there's um you can babies can survive at 28 weeks, um the, you know just deliver the baby rather than abort it. So, quote those guys to say, hey, the argument that like hey it's for, it's for the mother's health. There's medical reasons. If you get into that third trimester, there's that argument is out the door. Yeah. And make, it's the pointless. C-section would be far healthier. Yeah. And it gets nitty gritty as you talk about first or second trimester and medical issues, and um, that's hard, right? But yeah, as sure. as humans, one we should say, hey, they're a, they're they're a person, um, we value them, right? And that should just on a human level. But also as Christians, we we should have faith that we're called to trust the Lord in these things, in the midst of of not knowing. So I think it's it's important for us to understand that. This is not a medical, these are not medical arguments or discussions. And I will say, the, the ones that are situations that are rape and that are like med- medical emergencies are so small. I oh, mean, they're yeah. so small yeah. And as far as the uh, percentage of abort- babies that are aborted. Um, yeah. This is a heart problem. This is definitely a wicked um, generation and yeah. era. And so people often make the connection from... Um, you know, abortion to genocide, which it is. And you look at, you know, people talk about Stalin and Russia, and they talk about Hitler and the Nazis. And I was thinking about this the other day. Right, there were the people who 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 did who ran the gas chambers in Auschwitz and Buchenwald, but they had to be like okayed and approved by higher ups, right? And so everyone, yeah. all those people had to pay the price. They all, I mean, as long as they didn't escape and a lot of them did they had to face um judgment for that right they had there's tribunals and all that stuff yeah and they were guilty everyone who had a role to play so in the same way i think governor cuomo i think all the the senators everyone who has who has supported voted yes on these things i'm telling you i think they're guilty of murder yeah or or a um what's the word Aiding or whatever, a, 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 like aiding and abetting. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yep. like th- they have a role to play. Yeah, like for sure, for it's sure. Just, it's just a huge deal. And so to act like it's just a part of our culture, no, that is reveals. That just pulls the curtain back on the wickedness of our culture. Yeah. So yeah, it does. anyway, anyway, Rick. Anyway, Rob. This is simple theology, so we obviously want to back up these claims mm. with scripture. Um, so the first one we have here is Proverbs thirty-one eight. And this is this is kind of what we as Christians need to need to look at when it comes to 
um, defending the weak and defending those who are helpless. It says, speak up for those who have no voice, for the justice of all who are dispossessed. Literally, the most vulnerable people in our society are the unborn. Yeah. They're not strong enough to do anything on their own. They're completely dependent on the decisions that we make, and they aren't able to speak up for themselves. They're not able to support themselves, but they, that doesn't change the fact that they are a human being made in the image of God, and we, we, we consider them human beings made in the image of God because Psalm 139.13 says, for it was you, the Psalms is talking to God, for it was you who created my inward parts, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Yeah. So even then, the psalmist recognizes that it was God who made him in his image, in his mother's womb. He wasn't suddenly given the image of God outside of the womb. Right. He was made in the image of God beforehand. Yeah. I think that the truth, the weight of, of Scripture um, should rest heavy on us. Genesis 1, verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. This is the Imago Dei we're talking about. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. And the 16th commandment, out of the Ten Commandments, is, is the June, 16th commandment? The sixth. <laughs> Didn't realize there were hey, they, with the new 20 covenant, commandments. We, do, we, we doubled them. The sixth <laughs> commandment, do not murder. And I think... Again, this is such a, a deep, deep topic. So when we talk about, you can't just throw out and say, hey, this is wicked. Okay, good. And uh, you're, they're creating God's image. Okay, yes. And hey, it's murder if you do it. Okay, yeah. It's such a deep issue that we have to understand it speaks to the very core of who we are as a culture, but as we are as people. And it's a good thing because God speaks to that too. Yeah. It doesn't leave us hopeless. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so there, there's going to be people who, naturally, whether whether it was when they're younger, whether they're considering it now, um, Christians, non-Christians, who are considering or have already gone through the abortion process. Yeah. Yep. And here's what we want to say, okay? Consider all the things that we said earlier, okay? But if you have already gone through the abortion process and aborted a child, let that sink in and let that let, feel the weight of that. Yes. But please do not, do not forget that the gospel is still good news for you. No matter what you have done, there is not a sin out there that is too great for the cross. Right. And so even those who have committed murder, whether that's through abortion or that's through intentional murder of, of maybe another adult or whatever, the gospel is still more powerful than that. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing that you have done that God cannot forgive through his son's sacrifice on the cross. And so this this is weighty stuff, and we've been taking it pretty seriously, and and rightfully so. This is a serious topic. But what we don't want is for someone to go away from listening to this and feel completely condemned and out of reach from God. And and here's what we're saying is that the gospel is still good news even to you. It is. I think that's where there's two sides to this in that, we have to, to truly love people, you have to be honest and truthful, right? And we have to be really true and clear about the realities of abortion. Mm-hmm. Just what it is, what it means for our culture, what's happening when you partake in that, all those things. And we have to be really clear about the gospel of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness and the grace, because I know people who have walked through that road, had abortions, and the weight of that is just tremendous on them. 
And the only place you can take that to is the cross. Yeah. It's the only place where you can find the forgiveness, the grace, where you can say, hey, we believe in the Lord. We, we believe our persuasion doctrinally that that baby is with Christ. Um, and so you can rest in that because it's the good news of Jesus Christ for all people, no matter what you do. Yeah, that'll preach. That'll that preach. will so, preach. So heading into our kind of head, heart, hands tool. Paradigm. Yes. Head, Template. our confidence. Um, just, again, humans are made in the image of God from conception. It's not somewhere in between or once this happens, it's the moment of conception. We believe that is life, and we believe it's life created in the image of God. Yeah, yeah, and because we're in the image of God, that, that Imago Dei or the Imago Dei, however you want to say it, um, we have dignity, value, and worth. We, yeah. we have more value and more worth than a baby dog or yeah. baby horse or whether baby or non-baby, like any other created thing. Correct. Because none of them are made in the image of God. God right. specifically made us as the crown of his creation, and when he was done making mankind, he said, not not just that it was good like the rest of his creation. He said it is very good. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Oh. Ooh. Yeah, because we have dignity, value, and worth as humans, we are we have that value at any stage. Yes. We we are to be protected. We are to fight for them. So I get where people get mad at like the people who stand outside of abortion clinics and the people who who, who do these things. And is that the be- best tactic? I don't know. Yeah, I know but, lives but, have been saved from it. But you know what? It's more than most Christians are doing. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. until, you, until you're doing something, you're really out there seeking to, to be a part of protecting these unborn people. Yeah. Don't, don't be knocking on them. So Yeah. So, okay, that, that's the head. Things that we should yeah. know, that we should be confident in. What about the heart, Rick? Yeah. Um, How does this change our again, convictions? Again, similar thing, the burden uh, for, for being a part of protecting and valuing these lives. So what this doesn't mean is that you can now just go irate and yell at people about how this is, you know, just there from the devil. Yeah. But you do speak truth. You have to speak truth, or else you're wasting your time. Yeah. And you do that in love, or else you're wasting your time. Yeah. Even if you're, even if you are at, a, at an abortion clinic with a group of people, yeah. you can you can still do that in a loving way. I mean, you see, you see, of course, the viral videos where people are berating yeah. people going into a an abortion clinic, and we we don't condone that. We know the heart behind it is is that they want to save babies and they don't want people to, to go through with an abortion. And, and we agree yeah. with the heart behind it, but the, the way that is being done probably doesn't reflect the heart of Christ yeah. very well. So even if you're at an abortion clinic and you're trying to, to protest in some way or try to talk people out of doing these things, yeah. like you can still do that in a loving way. So just Correct. going to an abortion clinic, even though they've gotten a lot of bad press, even though those things I've, I've looked bad in, in some instances, doesn't mean that the thing is bad in and of itself. It's just a tactic that yeah. takes on. When you're there, and I think people think that there's like either the people who just are because there are most people who get abortions. It's a crisis in their life. They're not. They're emotionally unstable. They don't know what's going on, and they just make a decision, right? And it's it's not a, like that they're callous. It's just that there's an ignorance there and a hardness of heart culturally. So there's people who are just soft and broken and easily influenced. There's people who are like legit callous. Hmm. I mean, you know, the the gal, the comedian who spoke at the the dinner. Uh, oh, remember, what's that? It's like the media thing. It has all the Washington people. The president's always there. Yeah, I can't remember her name. And she's just making jokes about abortion. 
I mean, just just blatantly, crassly, just making jokes about it. Mm-hmm. And that's like, there's those people too who yeah. just who just you know. Anyway. Okay, and then when, when it comes to our hands, our conduct, we want to encourage those who are thinking about an abortion to consider alternative options like adoption or consider those who are willing to come around you and support you. I mean, you may yeah. be alone. You may This may have been completely unplanned. You may not be set up for it financially, emotionally, mentally, whatever it is. You may be completely unprepared, but in a lot of cases, there are, there are a handful of people who will come around you and support you in any way they, any way they can, and... Let's say that isn't the case. There are people in the world who would so love to adopt your baby, who want to give it a loving home, who for whatever reason may not be able to have kids of their own, and they just so desperately want the opportunity. Give them that opportunity. So we want to encourage those who are thinking about an abortion to to consider. Could be a a good episode down the road. Just yeah, and we are adopted. Ephesians one, we're adopted in Christ. Yes, it's It's a beautiful example of the gospel. Is that if you give that child the opportunity to be adopted and then man, someone can can show them what the gospel is, whether intentionally or unintentionally, right, right, right. through adoption. That child did nothing to deserve being adopted. The child yeah. brought no inherent uh, like monetary value to the person or anything like that. Like the people just out of love wanted to bring them into their family. Wow, so I'm getting a call. Wow. <laughs> that was loud. That was great. Um Yes, adoption. I yes. think it's and, and I will speak to this because because the church has gotten criticism criticism about this saying, Hey, like, well, you know, are you guys all gonna adopt all these babies that are born, unwanted babies? And I get like where yes, the church should be stepping up and adopting babies. Not that we, we don't have babies, but you know, just adopting babies. Yeah. At the same time, that doesn't make the argument for murder okay. You no, that's say, a good point. Right, you like, well, nobody wants him. Might as well kill him. Yeah, I like, mean, the desire for the baby doesn't right, change does not the baby's matter. So, and, and also, we do want to be very gracious and gentle towards those who have had abortions. Yeah, that, that's um, a really important point and, to hit and, on. and I know when we, we come in hard, hitting hard, like just the wickedness, the depravity, the, the depth that I've talked about, how it, it just is evil. We all live in an evil society influenced by evil things. And there's a part of us in our carnal flesh that is evil, wants to do evil things. So it's not like we're like there's those people who have had abortions and then the, the rest of the world or the rest of the sinners. That's not the case. But we need to understand the weight of it. Because until we truly deal with the weight of it, we're not going to see change in our culture. And the church is not going to deal with it as they should. But having said that, Christ has poured out, again, Ephesians 1, lavished his grace upon us. We all are just as guilty and deserve hell judgment just as much. So we should; those who have received grace from Christ should be the first, the most excited, the most um, vigorous when it comes to loving those people, showing them mercy, showing them grace, not being dishonest about what it is, mm-hmm. but showing them the light of Christ and helping them to heal and to, to walk in the newness of Christ. Yeah, that's... It's said very well. Yeah, so again... Nothing to add to that. It, it, it's, it's hard. It's big. We need to deal with it. We need to talk about it. We don't need to shy away from it. But we need to be articulate. We need to know why we believe it. We, you know, Again, the sled argument is a great point. Just why... Just medically and philosophically why it's wrong. Um, and then just get to the heart of people, right? Because that's the work of Christ, essentially. So yeah. anyway, a weighty topic today. Lots to uh, kind of work through. Long episode. And uh, where are we at on time? Uh, we, we did this in a couple of recordings, so yeah. I don't know exactly. That's I want right. to say we're on the 40 marker. So, anywho, um, hey, we do 
appreciate you guys. Appreciate you listening, tuning in. Hopefully, we have been encouraging to you. Um, love connecting with you guys. You can connect with us on Facebook at Simple Theology. We're on Twitter at Simple Theology underscore. You can always go to our website, simpletheology.org, where you can find a link to support us via Patreon, or you can go to Patreon and search Simple Theology. Also still doing our thing with Audible. If you want to go to audibletrial.com slash simpletheology, you get a free month or a free book. We get a kickback. If it doesn't work out, cancel. No one's no one's at a loss there. And then also we do love your five-star, honest five-star reviews um, on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And uh, you can share the episode if you so dare. We need to cut that closed down. I feel like that just took I literally forever. read the script. I know you did. You did great. Like the first twenty episodes of this thing, read the script, Rick. Just read the script. Yeah. Read the script. Now I'm reading the script. Now you've done it for twenty episodes. And Rob's gonna change again. Hey, how about just saying, hey, Google us. Boom. Google us. Google simple theology. Find us on the Googs. All right. Have a Google. All right. Peace. Peace. <laughs>